morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Bronx Queens Bros Podcast, better known as the BQB Pod. I'm Big B, we got Big D and Jack B. Dave, how you doing? I feel complete again, because we got our buddy Jack back. Jack, we missed you so much. Welcome back. How you doing tonight? Missed you guys too. Happy to be back. Happy that you guys are home from your trip in Florida. Can't wait to get into that. But in this episode, we're going to recap the past series that we just witnessed. We're going to get into the next Yankees and Mets series. Super exciting ones. And then we'll hit some over-under lines to end out the show. Great. Now I'm super excited about all this. But I must tell you guys that this episode is sponsored by one of the best kept secrets in northern New Jersey. Engineering Design Concepts, a small company doing big things. They specialize in product development, manufacturing, and test equipments. If you or anyone you know need assistance in that field, they are the company you need to contact. The link to their website will be in the description below. Now, Jack, I had a great time in Florida. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Dude, you know why it was so fun? I didn't pay for a single thing. What's better than a free trip? Dave, wow. Dave really got taken to the cleaners. It's like the, the trip is the trip is coming on. We've been over this. I don't know why we're still talking about it. Ugh. I even got I, I got vacation days at work, so I was getting paid to be there too. Like it was great. It was fantastic. Well yeah, I had a great time. Dave, I really appreciate you. I'm glad you bet you took you challenged me. I had to hit you I had to hit a home run. I did what I do best. Uh now, on to the more important things. The Mets got shellacked by the Brewers these past three days. When I say shellacked, I mean shellacked. Uh, Monday night, you know, Mets coming off a series win against Miami. You know, Monday night. I'm sorry, it was a Monday day game. It was a Monday day game. And uh, Mets ended up losing 10 nothing to the Milwaukee Brewers. Carrasco had a first couple good innings, then really his velocity dipped. Brewers were hitting them. I think Buck left them in there too long, in my opinion. Um, Tommy Hunter came in, just kind of sucked, and then he ended up hurting his back again. So that stinks. He's on the IL. Yeah. And then uh, I got to shout out Luis Guillorme here because he got two hits in the game, but also pitched a shutout inning. Like you know, <laughs> do you know he was the only pitcher on either the Mets or the Brewers to not walk a batter? Yeah, that was a long what? game, wasn't it? That was oh, a really long, yeah, game. long game in the pitch clock era. Like go figure. Um, and then the offense was just non-existent. I mean, nobody was hitting. It looks like they were still on the airplane sleeping. It was just really bad. Just any bad. Any uh, any intakes there for you, Jack? Yeah, I watched actually some of this game. It it was it was a tough watch. Carrasco really he got he got uh, beat up pretty good, and it was the walks really that yeah. that killed them, you know. And yeah, tough loss and losing ten nothing is one thing, but. I feel like the Brewers, they're really not known for the offensive prowess. Maybe this year will be a little different, but, I mean, the last couple of years they've been three, four, five runs a game. They've been towards the bottom of the league in offense. So, yeah, I guess good for the Brewers. And, um, yeah, Mets still trying to work out some early season kinks in the armor, right? So Yeah, I mean, uh, just was not pretty at all. Uh, but the Mets did improve the next day by losing 9 to nothing. Um <laughs> Improved by a very large margin. Uh, Max Scherzer just did not have it. He had a rough first inning. Kind of had a pretty good two, three, four, five innings and then allowed three straight home runs, which was the second time in his career he's allowed that happen. Brooks Raley looked really bad out of the bullpen. He allowed four runs in his uh, 
relief outing, which isn't enticing to see. I think he's. A, I, I would hope he's going to be a big arm of our bullpen, and uh, clearly he didn't have it that day. And then uh, the offense was, dare I say, non-existent again. Yeah. McNeil and Nimmo got a couple hits in there, three hits apiece, I believe, but they weren't hitting with runners in scoring position. The Brewers pitching, uh, you got to give the credit where the credit's due. They pitched very well, but uh, I would love to see the Mets try to scratch runs in these types of situations. Yeah, I think this game, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it just didn't seem like Scherzer had his wipeout stuff, right? His slider wasn't really there. It wasn't really getting strike one. And how many strikers did he have? Like two, two or three? Not not many. Two. two. And what do we have? I think we both took the over at six and a half for last for last uh, episode. I know I wasn't here, but... <laughs> We uh we both took the L on that one, so not good there. And yeah, no no real offense once again for the Mets, and which is fine, I think. I think if we go back to last year, this offense had its dry spots, right? They had a couple games where they would score, you know, two three runs, and they'd struggle offensively, but you know they're still hitting for average, and they're getting guys on base, so they're always in these games. But the difference was the scores were often like two three nothing, right? They'd be losing two they wouldn't be letting up that many runs. Right? Yeah. How many games last year did the Mets give up 10 runs? Uh, not many, if if any times at all. They were always – they had to be the best or the second-best ERA in the yeah. National League last season. So, yeah. so I, I think it's – I don't really think it's a huge problem, these two games. I think it's you can just chalk it up to early season uh, blips, you know. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for, like, uh, you know, maybe they're just still getting their feet wet. You know, I mean, the games matter now, and we're in September. But I'd rather them go in a slow spell now, maybe heat up later on in the year. Um, But at least game three, uh, at least the Mets offense kind of woke up. The big bats, Lindor and Alonzo, both produced in this game, which was nice to see. Lindor had a couple doubles. I had him over on the home run mark. Yep, I had that one right on the – so, sadly, you know, at least finally Lindor looked really confident at the plate, which was nice to see. Should have, you know, we should have had the Alonzo line. as My man, Big Me Pete, decided to smack two home runs against Corbin Burns, which was nice to see. One was to right center and one was to left center, which is good. I feel like uh, his timing might be getting settled in, which is good to see. Peterson, a lot of walks again, just dealing with too much traffic on the base pass. Couldn't seem to make the big pitch when he needed. But John Curtis out of the bullpen looked really good for the Mets. Um, and obviously, out of Enola, on his birthday, birthday, right? On his on birthday, John on his th- 30th birthday, John Curtis. Shout you out, my guy, friend of the show. Um, out of Vino, allowed the walk off home run. I don't know what the I don't know why they had Robertson pitch the eighth inning. I didn't yeah, that watch it. Like, I didn't really understand that. I didn't watch the post game like conference to see like why that decision was made. So I'm not too sure. I I thought originally they were gonna just let Robertson pitch two innings. Um, but I I didn't like that call. But, you know, that's me personally. Uh, but, yeah, the Mets ended up getting swept here, um, which sucked. But, hey, I mean, they uh, they have an off day now Thursday because of the rain. So home opener is Friday. I say the off day is actually pretty – it's probably going to be a good thing for the team. Let them – they're flying into New York. They get an off day for the team. Everybody resets. Now they're going to have a big crowd for the first uh, series, definitely. And hopefully um, they come out winning the next series. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it pretty well. I wouldn't overreact to this if I'm a Mets fan. But, you know, it's definitely not sustainable to 
be giving up runs when, you know, your offense is more of a contact-based offense, right? You're not going to – you're probably not going to score like the Yankees score, but when you pitch like the Mets, I think that's more sustainable or how they have pitched in the past. That's more sustainable for a season and even in October um, and compared to what the Yankees have been. So we'll see if maybe that turns around um, this season. So Yanks against the Phils. On Monday, we had Nestor, who looked really good coming off that hamstring injury. We were kind of weary about maybe was he not ready, but he pitched really good. We had four shutout innings out of the pen between, you know, some of these guys I have not even heard of. Hamilton and Cordero pitched on, um, I believe, uh, Tuesday. It's just these guys out of nowhere. All right, whatever. I'm not too upset about that. Luazga pitched good, and Holmes has looked pretty good besides that one Giants game, but um, not too bad there. And then we had Glaber hitting a home run off of our former Met, Taiwan Walker. Glaber's been doing a great job getting those sinkers and just taking them the other way. They try to backdoor the sinker or the two-seam, and Glaber's just been taking them the other way, and that's usually when Glaber seems to be locked in is 100th career home run. Crazy to think. Good for Glaber. Um, Rizzo also had a home run in that game, I believe. And then we go to – oh, V, any, any comment about this one? Oh, no. I mean, all I would say is uh, Glaber is looking locked in at the plate and the Yankees yeah. need him to be locked in. And yeah. I can see him having a really good year, you know? I apologize for the slander I gave Glaber. We might – I think they should pay the man. I think they should pay the man. <laughs> Not that much, but – I mean, I mean, to be fair, I did say that they were going to trade him to, like, Pittsburgh. So, you know, what do I know? I mean, I, I feel like I've been saying that for a while, so <laughs> we're, we're on the same page. But, um, yeah, that was really – and that really nice play where Franchi Cordero came up firing on a single <laughs> and completely <laughs> airmailed Trevino. And then Nestor was in the right place backing up, fires a throw over to DJ at third to pick off uh, Marsh, who had a really rough game. He let up that, let that triple get in front of him. On uh, the leadoff hit by LeMahieu, that was a it, it, That should have been inside the park. If it was Big V running, you guys oh, yeah. see me flying around the bases here. <laughs> How does he not score? What's going on? What's going on here? Yeah, DJ looking a little uh, a little thick, but that's all right. He's been hitting <laughs> the ball well. Sure. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and then we have a nice Tuesday loss where we we really struggled – Herman, he didn't get lit up, I would say, but he just did not look great. He gave up that first inning bomb to Schwarber, and after that, he just never really locked in. Um, the bullpen pitched well, but the damage was really already done. They really couldn't hit. I think they had like two, three hits, and one of them was a LeMahieu home run in the ninth. It was a jump game. I, I didn't – I don't know, anything – Anything, Dave, anything, anything to add here? Yeah, you, you, you want to know what I honestly hate, and I'm curious about your guys' feelings on this. Sure. I hate the Amazon Prime games. I hate them. And I feel like that's why the Yankees lost, because I got all <laughs> yeah. the alerts before I could even watch it happen. It's a joke. I, I just prefer it on yes. I prefer it on anything else. Amazon Prime. I agree. Not a fan. They had the Jonas Brothers in the booth. And I, I don't know. Nothing against them, but it was just I was I was getting annoyed. I'm a, 
it, it was a game. Yeah, it was a game that was tough <laughs> to watch. I mean, the Yankees didn't play well, but that's not why it was tough to watch. It was just. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of the broadcast, but that's just my two cents. Not, oh. not to mention. Go ahead, V. Go ahead. All I know is that the fact that they put the Jonas Brothers there, why don't they put the Bronx Queen Bros in there? We'd be so much better. No offense to the Jonas Bros. All right. I know you guys are great about 20 years ago, but the Bronx Queen Bros are the new ish. We're going to become the Jonas Brothers of the podcast world. I already know it. They just got to give us the call. V, once once we uh, sell out Yankee Stadium, like the Jonas Brothers, will maybe we'll get invited in the booth. All right, all right, we'll we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk right now. <laughs> I'll get my agent to call your agent. You know. Cool, cool. Um, but be- besides that, one of the glaring things was the five, six, seven hitters in this game for the Yankees, which was Donaldson, Hicks, and IKF was five, six, seven in this game. Absolutely brutal. I, I mean, it's tough. And I, I don't want to go on another Aaron Hicks thing because I could, I could just go up there. <laughs> but having Hicks, and Donaldson's now hurt. He got hurt today. But having Hicks and IKF back-to-back is just such a – just like completely ruins a whole batting order, right? You have two guys that are basically like – no offense to IKF. He does not get the ball out of the infield. It's just like – I don't know if it's like a strength thing or he just – he does not hit the ball hard at all. He cannot get the ball out of the infield. And then you have a guy like Aaron Hicks who, I mean, bro is lost. Bro is just completely lost out there. I, I, I don't know. On top of that, he's like crying that he's not getting – he doesn't have like a real role on this team. See? Do not get me started. No, yeah. I want to get you started. I couldn't talk to you last time when we broke the news. Now uh, I can – now I can break – now we can really feel how you really feel. The sad thing is that I really liked Aaron Hicks when we got him. And – in uh, 2017, I believe, or 2016. I thought, you know, he his on-base percentage, like that type of style was going to be good for us. And, like, I, I just – this attitude is just not the player that we once traded for. It's like this entitlement that he deserves a spot because he's a veteran. But how about guys like Oswaldo Cabrera who are – who perform in the postseason even and are willing to play any position on the field and are fighting for at-bats – and they do – I mean, Oswaldo, for being honest, does everything better than Hicks. He's faster, better defender, better arm, um, gets on base more, hits for more power, hits for more – like, what does Hicks do? You know, he's just – he's not providing anything for the team anymore, and he thinks he just deserves a spot, which is just completely an asinine statement to make. I think I have the quote here. He said, I have no idea what my role is. It's kind of uncertain. Yeah, no shit, Aaron. <laughs> no shit. Your role is uncertain. You you have been sucking for the last three seasons. I mean, really before that, but for being fair to all his injuries, you know, you've been miserable the last four years. All right, well, I digress. Tough loss. That was the first Philly win of the year. So good, good job, Phillies. I said that they were going to be a good team. They have looked miserable. Um, so far, dealing with a lot of injuries, as are the Mets. So, then today we got a nice win, beating the Phillies four to two. Garrett Cole pitched another great game. wasn't as sharp with the strikeouts as he was game one, but you know he battled. He had a tough. I don't know if you saw V. He had the pitch clock violation and Dave pitch clock violation to walk his last hitter that he was facing on a three two count. Him and Trevino could not get on the same page. Ends up being a walk. Um, 
and what Luizga walked a guy, hit a guy, and then the run ended up scoring on a sack fly. So Cole gets the earned run there, although kind of, you know, not really how we would, you know, it's an earned run, but it's not like he gave up a home run or something. He was pitching to a lot of soft contact. So Cole just, he's been great all season, so you got to give it up for him. And Holmes got another save, and Glaber stayed hot. He had three hits, two big hits, uh, two RBIs, and then Trevino's home run. Can't ask for a better game. Four to two. I like to close games, keep it competitive. Can't complain. Uh, Anything from you guys? For me, I'm just going to say it. I said it before the start of the season. Cole is going to have a great year. He's going to really prove that he is the beast in the American League, and he's proving me right right now. I know I know you agree with me, Jack. Yeah. I just think this guy's going to be a top three uh, finalist with Cy Young. And he's just he's he comes out and he's just looking dominant. Like it's really it's yep. really nice to see. You know, listen, I'm a diehard Mets fan, not a Yankee Yankee hater, not a big Yankee hater, not rooting for them all the time. I'm rooting for them when I bet on them, but uh, it's nice to see that I was kind of I'm accurate right here with Cole looking good to start the season. Yeah. I got a I got a question for each of you to kind of recap the series. Sure. Um so we're talking about the Yankees. Let's stick with the Yankees for a minute. Jack, Josh Donaldson got hurt. You want to talk a little bit to leg injury, right? To a 37-year-old yeah. baseball mm. player. It seems like something that can be impactful. You want to talk about how that could shake up the team a little bit? Yeah, dude. The bringer. Like I was really hoping that this guy would would be hitting the ball hard at least, but he has not looked good. I think he has one hit, and it was just like a bleeder down the line. It, it, he, he's not really hit a single ball hard this whole, you know, start to the season. So, um, what I'm thinking that they're going to do is uh, LeMayhew at third, maybe kind of Falefa at third, and hopefully they're – I'm hoping Bader can get back in there so Judge can play right. Then you have Cabrera on left. But if that's not the case, um, I'm sure they'll go Stanton in the outfield. And, you know, Glaber should be playing second base today. Rizzo got the rest. So let me, he played first. So, you know. Or I'm, I'm sorry. That was actually, that was Tuesday. Today, uh, DJ played second and Glaber DH. But, you know, Boone likes to mix and match. It's not really that big of a loss, in my opinion. Donaldson has just not been it for the X, unfortunately. We're paying his $25 million salary, so it is what it is. I'm not too worried, and it's not, you know, it's not definitely not the end of the world. Yeah, and V, um, I know you guys kind of talked about while recapping the series. Oh, we're not going to overreact. The Mets had a bad series. It's early. But we are sports media personalities now, so it's our job to overreact. So I'm going to force you to make a decision on this question. What's the Mets record right now? It's three and seven. Oh, no, I'm, <laughs> no, so, I'm sorry. Three and um, <laughs> three and four. Three and four. Three and four. Three and four. Three and seven games. Yeah. <laughs> Can't read. Um, what's more concerning to you? The Mets being three and four or the Braves being five and one? You have to pick. I gotta go with the Mets being three and four. You can't control what other teams do, and I don't give a shit to overreact for the Braves. Fuck the Braves. I love the Mets. 
and the Mets just like to hurt my feelings. Listen, I think today's game, they just wrapped up with the Brewers, was definitely winnable. First two, they just... It, it's those you're gonna lose series and you're gonna get swept throughout the season. You just hope you don't. It doesn't happen too often. Uh, I, I think the Brewers are gonna be a competitive team this year. I don't know if they'll be a playoff team, but um, I, I'd be. I'm more focused on the Mets, so I'd have to go with the Mets there. Mets being three and four does worry me because the Mets are usually notorious for getting off to hot starts in April as well. Um, so I don't like that that they're you know losing on the second series like this. Uh, the injuries are scaring me. The starting pitching rotation is, I'm a little worried right now with, you know, I think Scherzer's going to figure it out. Everyone, you know, I think he'll be fine. Verlander, we had some good news that Verlander will be back soon. Um, but Peterson, first two starts, a lot of trouble, like just doesn't look dominant. We'll have to see with McGill and hopefully Sanga could do exactly what we did the first time out. If Sanga does that, it's like almost like a big relief. Like, okay, we got... We have somebody we know we can rely on. The rest are going to probably come into their own. Yeah. Dude, Senga's looked really good. The only thing, like, if I was a Mets fan, I would have really worried if Pete and Lindor didn't do what they did today and they had great games. And I think even with the loss, you could kind of hang your hat on them having great games. Pete looks really locked in with those swings, taking that one pitch the other way. That was a great swing. And then Lindor just spraying the ball all around the ballpark, just looking like the professional hitter he is. So that would be enough for me to hang my hat on and be like, all right, I know we lost. The pitching hasn't been great. We're a little banged up right now. We're going to get healthy coming into the end of uh, April, and we'll be better. you know. But three straight shutouts, like that's that's embarrassing. They did show some fight today. So Yeah, no, I mean, it was good because they faced Corbin Burns today who's yeah. obviously one of the better pitchers in the National League. So right. it was nice to see them being – it's weird how they could hit him, but they can't hit the other guys. But um, <laughs> Wade Miley, dude. I could have sworn they were going to smash Wade Miley. Dude, I didn't even know and Wade I know Miley – I didn't even know he was in the league. Yeah, what is going on? Right. Well, I was thinking, like, I don't know, Marte's really been a little quiet. Like, he's going to break out. Maybe – I know you said Pete struggles against the lefties, but – I don't know. Just he doesn't throw hard, you know. He just kind of he nibbles. So yeah. Well, the one thing that I said last episode was last year the Mets struggled when facing left-handed starting pitchers, and yeah. I said I wonder if that's going to trickle into this year. So right. far, it has. Right. So, um, and they're going to face a lefty in the upcoming series. I gotta say, Tommy Pham. I'm, I'm rooting for Tommy Pham because he, you know, he had a great game in Miami. He's facing. He's going to get to face Miami again. So. uh Let's see him wait there. I think our show, um, Jack, you talked about it with the whole Jack off segment, but when we call people out, and I think the one I look at for each team, forget Aaron Hicks, whatever, Glaber Torres and Tommy Pham, and those are players that if they produce, they like really complete the teams, I feel like. So hopefully our criticism to them, yeah. they're both off the hot starts. So uh, hopefully that. Uh, We're encouraging them. We're encouraging them. We want them to do good. Yeah, we mean well. We might be angry, but we, we mean well. That's New York <laughs> sports fans as a whole. Um, we got some big games coming up. The Mets are looking to um, kind of bounce back. B, you want to highlight their upcoming series we got going on? Yeah, before I get into letting you guys know what the Mets are about to be facing, I'm going to give you guys a little inside scoop here that was just announced that Francisco Alvarez... 
top Mets catching prospect, is traveling with the team to New York. They haven't announced that he's been promoted. It's in case Omar Narvaez, Narvaez, pardon me, uh, ended up tweaking his calf. If he has to go on the IL, Alvarez is probably starting, which um, gets me super excited. I really want him to be playing. And I think Narvaez has actually had an okay start, honestly. Haven't loved his pitch calling. I I have been questioning a lot of the Mets' like pitch sequencing, and especially when he's behind the plate. So, um, but he's been looking okay uh, offensively. But uh, so that's always something to look out for. Seeing if Alvarez makes the opening day start, that'd be a home opener start, I should say. Uh, but the Mets do face Miami first series at City Field. I expect a rocking stadium. I'm looking at tickets. I'm trying to go. I don't know if I'll be able to make it though. A little steep, you know. I don't have day pain for me. I help. I'm not helping you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you so, want to take uh, me, I'll, I'll hit. A, I'll hit a home run in softball if you want to take me. <laughs> I'll get it I'm over making, the fence though. I'm not making a bet with you. Um, <laughs> not now. now. Maybe after I get my bonus. Anywho, okay. <laughs> so the Mets uh, home opener was supposed to be Thursday. It is now Friday. So uh, big drip. Tyler McGill is getting the start for the Mets. <laughs> the, um, I just hope. I just hope we know that. Last episode I was on, so two episodes ago, you told me that the Mets were setting it up so Verlander could pitch the home opener. What a fall from grace you get. Oh, man. Legend, Tyler McGill. Hey, listen, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, I'm sorry. Tyler. Uh, li- listen, he's got stuff. He's got enough. He's he's got he's good enough to pitch in the big leagues, and I think he could do good. Um, I honestly would prefer Tyler over like Carrasco in this rotation, if you want me to be brutally honest. Yeah, Carrasco, I think his best days are behind him. Yeah, so um, so it's McGill versus a to-be-determined starter. It's supposed to be Johnny Cueto. Cueto got hurt uh, his last start, so they don't think he's starting. So I got to imagine they're probably calling somebody up. Uh, or they're probably going to move the rotation around now that there's an off day. Maybe uh, Yuri Perez? Could, could be. Could be. And then... Um, Saturday is a uh, ghost fork pitch baller Kodai Sanga making his city field debut against uh, Trevor Rogers. I could see them. I could see the Marlins moving up Rogers a day, but I'm not too sure. And then Sunday, uh, Carlos Carrasco hopefully can turn this around against the Miami Marlins lineup, which is a lineup I could see him being able to do a lot better. And that's he's also facing a to be determined. Uh, say Marlins are kind of. Uh, not doing great with starting rotation depth. Big thing to learn from the Marlins. Jazz Chisholm got hurt recently. Uh, I don't know. It's very. He's is he all right? I was about to say I didn't yeah, know. He, he got he like jammed his shoulder a little bit. I think he's there's no. No, they did MRI. It came back negative. So I think he's all right. Okay. All right. So that's that's good. I don't. I hate to see people get hurt. Um. So yeah. That's wait, V. Uh, I know, and Dave. I know you guys were at this game now. What what was your opinion of Jazz in center? Because it looked, and I you know I've watched a little bit of the Marlins highlights here and there. I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. I just can't like track a fly ball. What'd you say? It seems like you can't track a fly ball. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like uh, that too, and like it just seemed like I was kind of interested in it, like optimistic he'll figure it out. But then the more I think about it, it's like, why did you even move him? I know. You kind of have a lot of middle infielders on this team, but is this like helping? Is this best for the team? Even you know, I don't. He hasn't looked great out there. I mean, the way the Marlins um, lineup and roster is constricted, 
Uh, it's weird. I mean, Luis Arise, God, this guy just hit every freaking pitch. The other way, he's up awesome. the middle. He looks, he's so fun to watch, and he's such a good baseball player, and he's going to be a little pest against the Mets all year. I already know it. You can probably put an over on the line on like 10 hits for the next three games. I'm taking the over. This guy just hits everything. Like, it's crazy. And um, and then, you know, they got Garrett Cooper at first. They got, I'm not in love with their shortstop, Joey Wendell. I wonder, Jazz played, he's not a shortstop. So I don't know why they have him there. Jazz played shortstop in the minors. I feel like I'd rather have Jazz at short. In center, Jazz was just taking the wrong routes to the balls. It seems like he wanted to make the big plays, just kept coming up short, kept trying yeah. to do too much. And he just is trying to do too much at a new position, I think, just makes it worse. And that's why I think it looked worse. Right. And I don't blame him. I more look at the Marlins like, you know, was this really necessary? But I don't know. I thought it was an interesting point. I know you guys saw the game. And that one where it was like kind of a bullet, I forget who hit it. He went to cut it off, and he like dove. He just looked like a middle infielder trying to field like a Tom like a shot up the middle. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting stuff, but um, yeah, this Yankees Yankees Orioles series is gonna be, you know, pretty interesting. I think the Orioles have been hitting the crap out of the ball. Cedric Mullins looks outstanding. Adley Rushman looks outstanding. So the Thursday game, as for the Mets, was canceled. So this. First game of this year is going to be on Friday. We don't know who's pitching for either team on Friday because the Orioles rotation, which has been a mess, Grayson Rodriguez ended up pitching today against uh, our old friend Jacob DeGrom. Um, and the Yankees, we don't know what we're doing either. The The kid that pitched, um, Joni Brito, pitched great, actually, against the Giants. He got sent down. So... We don't really know the plan. I know Severino is, you know, trying to see if he could go. I'm not – that's probably doubtful. I'm thinking maybe a bullpen game here. And uh, other good news, Rodon is throwing, I think, two innings in a simulated game tomorrow or sometime this weekend. So that's super good news. Maybe we can get him for the end of April. Good. Um, game two of the series, we got Nestor Cortez versus Cole Irvin. And then game three of the series, we have Domingo Herman, who we're hoping can pitch a little bit better against, who knows, for the Orioles, whoever they can figure out. Their rotation's a mess. This is what I was trying to explain to you, V, when you said the Orioles are going to make the playoffs. This rotation is horrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Not as bad as the Red Sox rotation, because, oh, my God. <laughs> All I know is, listen, the Orioles cannot pitch anyone. I feel like I could be making this roster on the starting rotation. But the Orioles can really hit. I actually, I expect a very high-scoring games of these next few games. Uh, But I think the Orioles, honestly, are like one or two arms away. And who knows? Maybe some guys. (laughs) That's a lot. That's that's asking a lot. It is, it is, but you never know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Listen, the we Rays know, are off. No, you're an optimist. The Rays are off to a six and zero start. That is yeah, incredible. But, all right, they played the Nationals and the Tigers. Like, let's let's relax there. <laughs> They're off to a six and zero start. It's all I gotta say. It's all I gotta say. Yeah. All right, you guys, re- you guys, ready for some uh, big D's, big odds? Or right, we got yeah, something else right. first. I've been waiting. 
I've been waiting for this. We're always waiting. All right, all right. So last episode, Jack was not there, but he did submit his answers. And B, so far you are out with a lead on the week. Um, So I got five more lines for you, and I would just like to remind everyone that the loser is going to wear a piece of apparel. What? I'm not going to lose. I thought you were telling me to cut or something. <laughs> no, you're good. You're That's good. the universal, like, stop talking time. <laughs> you're, like, doing it so us. aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's not going to lose, um, apparently. So I... <laughs> I'm not going to lose. <laughs> the loser has to wear a piece of apparel of the opposing team for the next episode. So that will be coming out, what, um... Uh, Tuesday is the next episode, Monday? Uh, yeah, probably Tuesday. Uh, stay tuned on the socials to figure out. We'll let you know when we figure <laughs> it out. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. I have five for you guys today. Again, um, for the team that I pose, uh, that person will give their answer first. The first two are going to be players that you two are big fans of. <laughs> Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Aaron Hicks plate appearances this upcoming series against the Orioles over under four and a half. Wow. That's, that's so tough, Dave. Uh, <laughs> see, if it wasn't for freaking Aaron Boone thinking, you know, everyone gets to participate in our team. Everyone can play. We were, we give guys days off when like Stan gets a day off DHing, which is like, just like, you really need a day off of swinging the bat, Stan. Like, yeah. oh, man, four. But that's like him playing one game, you know, and I could definitely see that happening. Oh, man, I don't know. It was a really interesting point in today's game when Aaron Hicks came up. Or, no, I'm sorry. Uh, who came up? Cordero, wasn't it? Cordero? Yes, yes, yeah. it was Cordero came up. They easily could have put Hicks in, who's a switch and a natural righty, but they said... Nope, we're keeping Cordero against Gregory Soto, who just, you know, he's nasty against lefties. And they decided not to. So that that might be telling. I'm going to use that kind of as my foreshadowing. I'm going under here. Under four. Maybe he'll be DFA'd by the weekend. That would be the <laughs> best. Um, I'm actually going to take the over on this. I see him starting a game. I see him starting a game, and I told you, Jack, this is going to be a high-scoring series. I think Hits can get five at-bats. Like, I just – I see it. And even if he only is – he gets four in his one start, and then I, I can see him getting – you know, I know you said he just didn't get – I could just see it. I could see it. Never yeah, I think it's a smart play. I, ju- I just hear with Aaron Hicks, there's so many emotions – so much anger, I feel I cannot take the over here. It would just bother me so much. So I have to go under. It's a bit of an emotional bet from me, but got to do it. It's going to be interesting. I, I chose this one because, Jack, that situation today in today's game was interesting. And yeah. you kind of saw the past, uh, what was it, Tuesday's game, the boos in Yankee Stadium really getting oh, to Aaron Hicks yeah. to the point where Aaron Judge had to come over and <laughs> like give him some was... support. But uh, to that point, oh, I, I almost feel like Aaron Boone will take this road trip and try to build some confidence in Aaron Hicks. So yeah, I could see him getting some at-bats here. Um, but uh, I think it's a great line, whoever said it. Um, 
D, I know some guy you're a fan of. You know, it's not that you're not a fan of him, but you just don't see him on the team much longer. You see his role changing. It's not Tommy Pham. Eduardo Escobar. Ooh. Not getting off to a great start. Nope. I'm going to set an over-under line on hits for this upcoming series at 1.5. Oh, that's a... Wow. Eduardo Escobar hits at 1.5. So, I don't know if anyone noticed, Escobar did not start. He only started one game in the series against Milwaukee. Guillaume started two of the three games. And um, the one game Escobar started was against the lefty. So I don't know if Buck's going to keep doing that lefty-righty platoon. If he is, I don't know why the hell Beatty's not up then. But I'm going to go over because I love Escobar. I need him to get a hit. I need him to get hot. He's going to be in front of the City Field crowd. I need him to just have a good game. And there's just two hits. Could be a blooper. Two bloopers. Two little squ- – a bunt hit. Do something. Yo, Give him two shift, hits. The shifts that they play on him, ah, it's just, just tap it down the line. Come on, just tap it down the line. You're fighting for a starting job. Let's, work, let's get that average up and just bunt it. But, uh, Jack, what, what are your thoughts on this line? I'm going under. Eduardo's cooked. He's cooked. <laughs> he He's fighting for his proverbial life on the Mets. It, I think if Brett Beatty was 100% healthy, I know he got banged up a couple days ago. On the minors, I think he'd be up. I mean, I don't know. He's just – he looks lost up there. He looks lost. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll wait to see if uh, the pressure is getting Escobar or not. All right, let's move to some pitchers. Uh, Jack, Clay Holmes looked excellent today in today's game um, after he got off to a rockier start against the Giants. Clay Holmes saves for this upcoming series. Over, under. I'm going to go with 1.5. I'm going to go under here. I think he gets one. I think it would be, you know, the uh, series getting pushed back a day would be, you know, best for the over. But I'm going to take the under just because I think maybe one of these games is a blowout. Maybe one of these games we lose. Or, you know, maybe one save situation. So I'm going to go one. Yeah, safe situations are tough to predict because sometimes you'll get them like five days in a row and then you won't get one for like 10 days. It's real weird. I'm going to take the under with you here, Jack. I agree. Um, I take the under. Originally had the line set at 0.5. I feel like I should have kept that, but we move right along. Um, <laughs> and hopefully he gets two saves this weekend, so I look like I know what I'm doing. Um, v, Koda Senga is making his... City field appearance on Saturday. On um, Saturday. Pitching against the Marlins, he looked excellent in his debut against that same team. Uh, he finished that game with eight strikeouts, so I'm going to set an over-under line at seven and a half strikeouts for Kodai Senga. It's a good line, Dave. I like this line. It's a good line. Thanks. I'm going to take the over because I think – I know the Marlins just saw him. So that could maybe make you think like, oh, they saw the pitch. 
But all of his strikeouts were on the ghost forward, and that was after really struggling the first inning. So I think uh, I think he's going to be amped up at City Field too, but I just see him. I can see him having a double digit strikeout game. So I'm going to just smack the over on this one. Yeah, I completely agree with V here. I think the momentum and uh, maybe adrenaline that he's going to get from this City Field crowd—nothing like he's ever experienced in his life. Crowds bumping, um, everyone's behind him, chanting his name. And I know he's on a bit of a pitch limit V, like a little bit. Uh, so last time out, he had, he was on a 90 pitch limit. So I wonder yeah. if maybe he should be good. But... Okay. Yeah, but, you know, they're a little bit apprehensive to just let him, go. you know, just, just go. Right. So I guess that, that worries me a little bit, but I'm going to take the over here. His stuff is just disgusting. And the Marlins strike out a lot. So that's true. over for me. Yeah, I think all of his strikeouts last time were on that uh, famous unknown pitch, according to the Marlins <laughs> Stadium. Um, do you think really? He, that's what it would say. Yeah, would literally say unknown. <laughs> oh my days. Um, v, just a quick side note: Do you think the Marlins getting a second look at Sanga with all the strikeouts being on that pitch? Do you think that's enough to strike out less, or do you think that pitch is just so nasty it doesn't matter? I think that pitch is just something these Marlins hitters just haven't seen enough of to really start adjusting. I could see them maybe smacking a few balls a little harder. I could see them allowing more than a one run in the game. So, but I could still see him striking out a bunch of batters. So, very good. All right. Lastly, I feel like this is going to be a go-to line, um, kind of combining the two teams here. Mets and Yankees wins for the upcoming series combined. They're playing six games. I'm going to set an over-under line once again at three and a half. Jack, why don't you go first since we ended with Mets before? It's got to be over. It's got to be over. I think the Mets kind of straighten themselves out a little bit. Maybe they don't score as many runs as, you know, they should be scoring. Maybe a little bit scuffle the offense, but I think their pitching gets back on track. They look like the Mets of last year. Um playing good defense, pitching well, uh, hitting for contact, doing all the little things. That's what the Mets have to be. And I think the Yanks take two out of three in Baltimore. So that's what it really comes down to. Yanks have been good in Baltimore historically the last four or five seasons, um, really last like 10 seasons. And I know the Mets do well against the Marlins, there are some Met killers, though. There definitely is. Jorge Soler had his, like, Jesus moment in one of those games. He made that outstanding catch. And then um, didn't, he had a home run as well, I think, in that same game. Yeah. So, and then Arise, he was really good. Yeah, I think it'll be a good series. The Marlins are kind of a frisky team, but, yeah. I think the Mets straighten themselves out at home. What do you think, V? Well, I think the Mets are really lucky that they're not facing – Alcantara and Lazardo in the series. And that alone is the reason why I think the Mets could win the series. I'm not going to say sweep. This is baseball. I think they could definitely win two out of three. And I could see the Yankees winning two out of like, You know, it's funny. It's like every team loses a series, though. And you just don't know when. And like, I'll say Remember that. the Mets last year, they didn't lose a series. That's that's all so, I heard from Mets fans like you, V. Oh, no. we haven't lost a series in like – 
the first 30 series of the season. But that's what they did. They would win or tie <laughs> a series every but you know. Uh I'm gonna smack the over with you here, Jack. I think you the I think the Mets and Yankees are both gonna win two games out of the next three. Um at least. So You guys just gotta win one. We'll probably sweep. So you just gotta win one. Oh, just one? Uh, let me let, let, let me call him up. I'll tell him they just give two away. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, last last year we heard the Mets fans talk about how they didn't win or they didn't lose a series lose. for forever, and then we also heard about the trumpets all season long. And it's kind of interesting this season how both those things are out the window, and it's early April. Yeah. Hey, you uh, know what's else out the window, Dave? A lot of money. There you go. All your money's out the fucking window, too. All right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. You ain't wrong, but uh, that's what happens when I bet bet against your wheels, not your power. Um, Hey, fellas, any last thoughts going into these human series before we wrap this episode up? No, I think, you know, this upcoming series is more important for the Mets than anything. I think the Yankees are in a good spot right now unless, you know, something goes awry, but... I think this upcoming series is super important for the Mets to straighten out, get back to the team they were last year, you know, play in front of those fans that were really good at home last year. So really important series for the Mets. I think they'll do it, though. They're a good team. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you, Jack. I think the Yankees are in a good spot. I think the Yankees have this series pretty much locked up to win. Um, I think they just they always crush the Orioles. I, I'm shocked Dave didn't put an over-under line on Aaron Judge home run against the Orioles because it's probably like 7.5. Like it's it a hard I, line I to guess, set. I thought about it. It's a hard <laughs> line to set. Um, but the Mets need to really come out, ball out, win a couple, at least two of these games. If the Mets don't win the series, there's going to be some panicking in me and some other Mets fans. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, I'm hopeful that McGill and Sanger can pitch really good, and then hopefully the Mets offense shows up. I love that Lindor and Alonso got going earlier today. Hopefully they stay hot. Hopefully uh, Marte starts hitting. And uh, hopefully we just keep going from there. Awesome. Excellent episode as always, fellas. Hey, V, you got the conversation going on Twitter. Let the fans know where they can find us. We are at BQB Podcast. And Jack, post and talks like it's his day job. Jack, what's our TikTok? We're on the talk at the BQB podcast. Let's go. And we're all we we make it easy for the fans. We are also on Instagram at BQB podcast. It's it's that simple. You can listen to us wherever you find your podcast: Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, Amazon, Google. Jack's got us on a million other things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you for listening. If you like us, tell your aunt; she'll love us too. All right. Until then, we will catch you guys next time.